everybody. This is Stephen Brogan Cortez. Welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. This is episode 68. And today, a friend of mine comes over to hang out on the podcast. A friend by the name of Steve Rizzo. Steve Rizzo is a stuntman here in Hollywood. And you've seen a lot of his work. But because he's good at what he does, you never really see him. This guy's something else. He makes guitars. He's a... A lover of movies as I am, and and we met doing musical theater. God, where can the stories go from here, honestly? Only up, right? Yeah, come on, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Why the F Not podcast with Steve Rizzo. All right, all right, the Why. <laughs> was that you or a cat? <laughs> that was me. Oh man, Steve Rizzo, everybody! I, no need for introductions here. He, the man, is is his own introduction. What a f- dude! Wow, like okay. For those that don't know, because you don't know the story, y'all don't know the story of me and Steve Rizzo. Me and Steve Rizzo did a, a little, a little, a little play called Les Misérables back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> back in that, yeah. back in it's for me is back in the day, man. Doing Les Mis with you and Steve Rizzo. 2013, I think it was. Jesus, was it? We're yeah. almost coming up to the 10 year anniversary of that show. Yeah, we are. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, the more time keeps passing by. You know, I don't know if this is just. Tell me if this is just the thing that happens as. As you, as, as the more ages, you know, the age, the, the, as the years pass by, is this a normal thing that the older you get, the more you realize you don't know? <laughs> no, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I haven't always known a lot of things. <laughs> you know? um, I think, uh, I think as I've gotten older, there's things that I've learned that I didn't know. There's things that, yeah, I just, you know, probably will never know. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, I do what I can and I live my life and I try to be happy. And, you know? Time out. I wanted to experiment really quick because I'm looking at your microphone and I know that if your Blue Yeti has this function, so some mics you can change what direction you're getting your sound from. And I'm wondering if you tilted your mic and you spoke on the side where your knobs are. Oh, wait, no, actually. Oh, perfect. You see that bottom knob on your Blue Yeti? Turn it around. Turn it around. Do you see Do you see that second knob right there on the bottom? No, no, no. The other side? The other side? Do you see those two knobs? That second one. I knew something was weird. Turn it to... Um, let me see. One that looks like a heart. I think the mic might be muted now. Is that better? Oh, that's so much better. Oh, I knew oh, okay. it was off. I didn't even know it. about that. Oh, beautiful. Look at that. We're learning together, cool. dude. Now you're really <laughs> look at that. Exactly. I know, right? We're learning. I've I've been so funny because I've been using this mic to record guitar tracks, and I just I stick it right next to my amp, you know, right in front of the speaker. So when I then I record stuff on on guitar on guitar 
on GarageBand, and I had no idea what those. I had never even saw those before. What the hell is that? Oh, well, maybe that's why my guitar tracks sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's really cool. So like the different, my mic has the same thing, and the one that looks like a heart upside down. That is one-sided. It's picking up only the front side of your mic. The one that looks like a circle is is using the whole head of the mic as a receiver. So it can actually have selective sections of where it's picking up sound from. Okay. So this is good right here, like this? Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, cool. my God. That's money, All right. Steve. Oh, there you go. So you said you... Uh, dude, you, you, uh, you taught me. You taught me, dude. So there. Look, I learned something today. Thank you, man. <laughs> Dude, those guitar tracks are going to sound that. sweet from now on. <laughs> oh, man. So for those that don't know, also, Steve's a Ravens fan, you know, and that's something I had to I had to just let that go. You had to come to, you had to, come to terms with that one. Yeah, I had to. But I don't, know how much, I don't know how much pushback I have nowadays with you on that because I've become a Buccaneers fan. See here now. Here's the thing: I've been a Buccaneers fan since day one, since 1976. So, yeah, I've always loved the Bucks. Always loved the Bucks. So, are you saying that our friendship is now elevated to beyond the stratosphere? Um, I've gotten, I've gained a little bit of respect for for Brady the last two years. Yeah, that's the last two years. I got, I got, I gained a little bit of respect. Absolutely. So he's, you know, he's, uh, he's not on the bottom of my list anymore. Okay. Okay. Respect. I mean, take it. He's still my favorite guy. He's still my favorite guy. I even have a little, a little fucking. He should be. I got a little uh, pop figure. Animation. I didn't know they had him for pop animation. That's funny. That's oh, funny. Good. Oh, this is one of my favorite because I don't collect a lot of pop figures, but this is one of my prized ones. My friend got me this from Comic Con. It's a signed Kevin Smith one. Dude, you know I work with him, right? Uh, yes, I do. Like when I saw that, because you've you've worked with Kevin not just in Clerks three, but you've worked with him in the past in like more than one film. No, 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 no. Just Clerks three. I got a call from the stunt queen. I had no idea. I had no idea. I got a call from the st- from a stunt coordinator. Says, "Hey, can you send me your picture? I need a double for this actor." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So I send him the picture, and a couple of days later, he says, "Cool, director picked you." I'm like, "Excellent." So he said, "Here are your dates." Blah 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 blah. And I get the call sheet. I still didn't know what the what the show was because I'm just you know after 30 years, I'm like, ah, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> I just want to go to work. I just want to go to work. So I get the call sheet and I say, wow, Clerks 3, huh? And then I see Kevin Smith on and went, holy cow. And I love, I mean, I've never seen, I, I've seen a few of his things, but I, I think I like him more as a person mm. um, through interviews and things that I've seen. So I went, wow, okay, I better educate myself a little bit. So um, I watched Clerks and then I watched Clerks 2 and I'm like, oh, okay. And then when I got to when I got to work and got to work with him, I spent a whole a whole month of August with him last year, and um, it was amazing, dude. It was, and I I'm not. It's funny because I'm not somebody to give speeches. That's just not who I am. He he loves to give speeches and and tell stories, and and he respects everybody on the set, and everybody returns that respect, and not in a 
and not in a weird way, just in a kindness way. He's a very kind man. And um, he would, he would in between shots, he would tell stories and he would thank everybody. Everybody's doing a great job. I mean, he gave everybody props who need, who deserved it. And everybody deserved it. I mean, everybody was on the, was from, from Kevin Smith all the way to the PAs. Every single person on that set was a dream to work with. And it was my last, it was my last day on the show. And, and it was, and at the end he said, he gave us a little speech about thank you and everything. And then I, then I, stepped in and said, dude, I got to say this. I said, I've been in this business now for 31 years. And I said, this is by far the best set I have ever been on, period. Bottom line, from you all the way to your your AD, your, P, your grips, your makeup, your hair, your PAs, everybody, every single person on this set has been an absolute dream. And I wish every set would be like this. And I think every director, every producer, every single person in this business needs to take a lesson from Kevin Smith on how to run a set. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I told him that. And he came up and he gave me, he's like, Steve Rizzo, oh my God, he gave me a big hug. He said, thank you so much. I mean, dude, you, uh, seriously, you, this is, this has been a dream. I mean, you, you, it's, it was on a, it was on my bucket list to work with you. Uh, but I said, I didn't realize it was going to be so phenomenal. And so we all split set when our separate ways and I pulled him aside a little bit later and we had a long talk about working together again on some other stuff. So, um, we're, we're going to work together again. We're going to work together again. Dude. So it was was, so good to hear. Yeah. It was to hear that he's such a cool guy. He, dude, he is so, so cool. And just so, you know, he never lost his cool. And <laughs> here's a story. It was, it was the last day. And I'm actually, it's actually in the trailer. You can see it. The, a lot of my stuff is in the trailer of the movie. A lot of stuff. Because I was doubling Jeff Anderson. Oh, and, um, nice. Yeah. I don't know so, the lead of the movie. He's the, like, he, I think, I think his, his character is like the Kevin Smith. The closest, almost like, no, he had a friend like that. No, sorry. His character is based off a friend of Kevin Smith's. The talkative mm-hmm. one. But anyway, right. that's so fucking rad. Continue, please. And so uh, we dude, we did everything, man. We were playing hockey on the roof and it was oh, it was it was it was August in New Jersey and it, on top of this roof and it was 120 degrees. It was just brutal. And we were up there playing street hockey on the roof of the, the, the quickie stop. Oh my god, it was so funny. So and then Kevin went and bought us a uh, bought the crew uh, a soft serve ice cream truck. Came down. And he paid for it, and so everybody got got some soft serve ice cream. Um, yeah, that's how that's how cool he is. So it was the last day. It was it was the night. It was a night shot, and and it was it was. I don't know how much I can say because the movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, um, don't. I, don't I, I want you to keep keep it a mystery for sure. Keep it a mystery. Oh, uh, then I can't. Then I can't tell the story. I got to tell. You know what? You have to have me back after the show after the movie comes out. And I'll tell the story. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, God. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I, I I can't say what it is then. Anyway, so but it was he. He and I had a big laugh and a big long talk about it about about what had just happened and we were laughing he was he was he got such a kick out of what just happened and i god i feel bad i can't talk about it so now yeah, I, yeah now no, i, I, I hate to tease down. it it's it. good tease that's a good tease man that's a really good tease but come on you got to so, play hockey on top of the quick stop 
an iconic yep. moment for you. Man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep, it was. And here's the funny thing is, is I had never seen any of the Clerks movies before this. So I'm like, I had to sit. I was sitting in my apartment in New York, and I'm like, okay, I better watch these. And, oh, okay. So I watched the first one. It was all black and white. I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Oh, okay, cool. And then I watched the second one. I'm like, oh, wow. So now I, I knew the character, who the characters were. And I got the, the funniest part. To, the funniest thing to me was, and I laughed out loud, was when she was having sex with the dead guy in the closet. In the closet. <laughs> In the first one, and I was like, oh, my God, that was so – and she didn't know it. It was so funny. I was like – I was dying laughing. I, I told Kevin, I said, dude, that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in a movie is when she came out and she didn't know he was dead. <laughs> dude, Kevin, what oh that my God. movie – like that movie should be – not just the movie itself, but the, 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 the history of, of the making of that movie should be – in every film class, for every beginning filmmaker, director, writer, the story. Do you know of like I, I, of the story of Clerks of how it came to be? Oh yeah, it's all. Excuse me, it's all of his friends and who and who he hung out with and what they did. And that's the actual that's the actual store they all worked at when he was in high school or something like that. So yeah, it's all about his friends and you know, and it's Dude, Kevin, the stuff they got into. Kevin's wild man. He was he, so he met. So I don't know. I don't know if Scott Mosier was there. Was he there? I know he's doing his own stuff. He's usually like the producer for him, but I know he's doing other bigger projects now. That name doesn't ring a bell. I didn't, don't recall hearing that name on set at all. He, he, they might not work together anymore just because Scott's gotten bigger now. But it was him and Scott in school. They went to film school in in Canada, I believe, and they were finishing Wait. up halfway through. And halfway through, Kevin and Scott said, you know what? I think we've learned what we need to learn to make a movie. How about we just take what we have right now? Let's the money we have for the second half of school. Let's just put that into the movie. We're going to write scripts. Whoever writes the better one will make that movie. And it was clerks. Oh, that's funny. Dude, that's funny. Talks about what a way to do it. He maxed out like three credit cards of his parents to film this movie. I think it was like a $24,000 budget just to make it. Jeez. It, they filmed like <laughs> back in just the, the whole process like they like the whole thing of like the 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 the, the curtain in front of the glass could, because the pattern mm-hmm. was broken. That was because Kevin could only film during the nighttime. Right, yeah, because the store was open during the day, so they could only film at night. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? And, and like you would never know. You're watching it, and you're no. thinking it's like the afternoon, but no, it's like three in the morning or something. Two in the morning. Right. And now we were shooting there day, night. We he like practically he he has he has his podcast and his office is right next door in that little that little mini strip mall. So he yeah he does his little. The what's it? Um, I forget what it's called, but he's got the he's got the stage up there. It's it's in yeah. the it's the it's the quick it's the quick store, and then it's the video store, which is defunct now. And then it's and then it's this this empty space that he had that is now his office and his his um where he does the podcast from. So he still does it from from Red Bank. Yeah, he does it in the same building. Yeah, he does it in the same. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. The the the, the and. and the dude is just, I can't, I can't say enough about him and I can't wait to work with him again. I just can't say enough about him. I don't know. I, if really you're can. a can, I don't know if you're a cannabis user, but were you able to smoke a doobie with him and 
Vibe? I am not a cannabis user, oh. but no, <laughs> it was funny because I was doing a, I was doing a lot of stuff for Jeff because he was having a he was having back issues, and that dude is so funny. <laughs> so funny. We had to come running out of this. We had a he had to come running out of this building. I'm not going to say what the building was because I don't want to give anything away. I'm just going to say a building, and. And he's because Jeff isn't an actor. This is the only thing he's done is clerks. That's what he does. That's all he did. So he's not he's he's not real. Oh, and he he lives like 30 minutes from me up in Fraser Park. <laughs> Wait, and doesn't he live off the grid like he has no cell phone or anything? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. He said he says he comes down into my neighborhood from time to time to go shopping at the Walmart. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got to let you got to let me. I had no idea. You got me know. So he's so everybody was everybody and you see the picture of us together and everybody was like, God, you guys look so much alike. Oh, my God, this is great. Great. So we're doing the shot. And so Kevin says, he says, um, Jeff, can you can you come running out of the building? Are you OK to do that? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So he comes running out. He's like, and so me as a as as, as a stunt double, I always study my actor and see how they move and how they walk, and how they run and stuff like that. So I, cause I have to mimic him. So it needs to it needs to match as much as possible. So he comes running out of the he comes running out of the building. I'm like, okay, okay. So so uh, Kevin comes says, uh, so Steve, you want to uh, you want to you want to try one? Get one maybe a little faster, a little more energy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I go and I do one. So I go back into the building, and then Jeff is in there. He says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. And we only, we've only shot twice right now. He says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna run out first. You're gonna stop halfway, and then I'm gonna run out from behind. I'm gonna run out behind you. And then we're going to turn and we're going to look at each other. And then we're going to each run the do- an opposite direction. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, yeah, Kevin's going to love it. I'm like, wait a minute. He said, no, no, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I'm like, dude, no, wait. I said, he said, come on, we got to do it. I'm like, wait, Jeff, I said, I got a job to do first. And then we'll, and then we'll play. He's like, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He says, but we're going to do it, right? No, no, no. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. He says, all right, man, come on. It'd be so funny. Jeff is going to, Kevin's going to love it. So we did like a couple more shots with me, and then I said, "Okay, you ready?" I said, "I said." I told Kevin. I yelled out because they were on, they were across the parking lot. I said, "Kevin, can we do one more?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, do one more." So I'm like, "All right, Jeff, you ready?" He's like, "Yeah." So I come running out, and I stop, and then he comes running out behind, and I turn around, and we look at each other, and then we turn and run the opposite direction, <laughs> and, and, and Kevin just started laughing. That was the funniest thing. So you know, it's, it's- hopefully. It's a different vibe when you're be- when one of like your childhood best friend. I mean, childhood best. I mean, you could say that about Kevin and Jeff. Like they've known each other since they were young. I mean, like they were like in yeah. their twenties or like, but they were kids, right? Like Jeff yeah. is so comfortable. He's like, we can fuck around. It's no, oh, Kevin will love it. Love exactly, it. <laughs> exactly. He's he's he knows he knows how Kevin is, and you know, and here I am. Just, just it was like my second day on the job, and I'm like, dude, stop. I got let me do my job first, and then we'll we'll have fun. So. Yeah, he's funny. He was a fun guy to work with. He was he was great to work with. Oh, everybody was. Everybody was. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so rad to hear you talk about that about how like as a stuntman when you're when you're not on camera and you're watching the the, the actors you're portraying, you study them. Does that have do you find yourself doing like that's something like a big part of your job having to study yeah, them? I, was, I was taught that in the very beginning. I don't know if they I don't know if anybody still teaches she you know talks about it I, I mean i was when i was brought into the business that's one of the first things you were taught i was taught as a stunt double to study your actor learn how he moves learn how he runs learn how he walks try and mimic him as best you can because especially today i think audiences are are so sophisticated 
that they can tell the difference. And as much as as much as we like to, you know, put the actor in the in in into the action, sometimes we can. You know, we have to step in and and do that. Um, so it's it's always been important to me to to study the actor and how they move and 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 how they walk and run and you know mannerisms and stuff like that. So absolutely, yeah. I actually had the the my actor who who I'd been doubling for fifteen years. Has it been fifteen years now? Two thousand six. I started doubling Jason O'Mara. We were on a show in New York, and I was standing at Video Village, and I was dressed in wardrobe. And I'm standing there. I'm watching the monitor, watching what something. It's, we were watching something. And it was they had just shot, and someone comes up behind me and puts their arms around me and gives me a big squeeze. And I'm like, and it was I, when I looked down at the hand, I could tell it was a woman. And I turn around, and it was Jason's wife. And she, oh my God, Steve, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I thought you were Jason. So there were sometimes just you know just standing wow. there. If I can, you know, if I can stand there, she actually thought it was. She actually thought it was him. It was the funniest thing, and we still laugh about it today. <laughs> no. you know, that's just that's very it's so interesting to hear. Just because you know the the common thing you would think about when you when you when you like where someone says a stunt stuntman, right? You just think, oh, jumping out of buildings, uh, doing crazy stunts. But like you mentioned, Jeff Jeff's back was hurting that day of shooting, so he couldn't even do something like run run out of a building. Yeah, that was the that was the main reason I was I was there because he was having some back issues, and there was you know certain things that that we were that he wasn't he wanted to do he wanted to he'll give, he would give it a try but there's just some things that he you know so I kept an eye on him I'm very I'm very protective of my actors I'm always a, probably like a an overbearing mother <laughs> sometimes because <laughs> I'm very I'm very dude you okay all right everything good you all right you have to have the back how's the knee whatever it is um I'm I'm, I'm very protective I'm very protective and I'm always I, probably to a point where they're like God, you just leave me to just leave me the hell alone I'm fine <laughs> but it's like it's just that's just who I am I'm like okay dude you all right everything could you know especially if I know that there's something brewing and I'm always so I'm always, you know, keeping an eye on them. And that's part of the job, too, to keep to keep an eye on your actors as, you know, as a stunt, as a stunt double. So, I mean, sometimes I mean, you ever have you ever come across an actor whose ego just gets in the way and they get hurt? Like, have you seen that happen? Um, I am not nobody that I've doubled because I wouldn't I wouldn't let that happen. Um, I have seen. I have seen stunt guys who mm. don't listen and have gotten hurt. Mm. Um, I was on a show one time as a new kid, and he was taking a punch from the lead actor, who 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 was my actor, the actor I was doubling, and um, he kept leaning in to the. He kept leaning in, and I said, and the coordinators, and we were standing probably. Video Village was probably about thirty yards away from the from the sit from the from the action, and the coordinator leaned into me and says, uh, "He's he's leaning in. Can you can you tell can you tell him stop stop leaning in? He's gonna get he's gonna get punched." I'm like, "Yeah, I got it." So I run over to the kid, and I said, "Stop stop leaning in," because he had a, he was getting picked up and turned around and then getting punched. And I said, "Stop leaning in." I said, "You're gonna get punched in the nose." He's like, "Okay, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." So we go back. We shoot it again. He did it again. And I had I walked over. I said, "Stop leaning in. I'm looking out for you. Stop leaning in." Okay, okay. 
So we go back and he did it again and he leaned in and the actor caught him. And I heard, we heard it. We heard it oh. 30 yards away. And I looked at the coordinator and said, I think he just broke his nose. Oh. He's like, you think so? I go, Let me check. And I walked over and the kid's getting up and his nose is bleeding and it's crooked. And I said, dude, stop leaning in. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He finished the shot, but then they had to take him to the hospital and they had to fix his nose. But uh, the actor broke his nose. And I'm like, so I have seen, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, just, 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 it's, it's not, there's a lot of listening. There's a lot of listening in this job, not just doing, you know, just eat a lot, a lot of listening, a lot of paying attention. I mean, so, when it, I mean, I, I haven't done many too much TV or film, but I'm, I'm sure it's like theater where any job you're doing within the production, you better be paying attention, you know, listening. Sure. When we had, when we, I was nervous as crap when we had, what was his name? Who was playing Javert in Les Mis. And he, I had brought in that, not Jeffrey. No, not Javert. Sorry, the guy with the, Brandon. Was his name Brandon? Was it Brandon? But he was like, he was, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice guy. Nice guy. But, you know, he was doing something that he had never done before. Now, granted, it was. It was only what eight nine feet that he had to fall off of that set backwards, um, and I was you know I was always there, but he was always it was something that he had never done. It always made it just it just always made me nervous. So I was always checking on him. I mean, dude, you're okay? Everything good? You're comfortable? And we worked it and worked it and worked it in rehearsal, and you know so it's it's those things that you know just that's something that you, if you've never done it before, you got to pay attention. You just got to listen. Just listen. Listen to what I'm going to tell you, and this because I know. Okay, I've been doing this now for a long time. Two things about that little memory. One, do you know if Simi Valley, if if that if that production, if we had a stunt coordinator to do that? Yeah, me. Oh, thank God. Okay, because I was like, I mean, <laughs> if you weren't there, what would have happened? I mean, just right. no. I brought in. I. Br- yeah, no, no, no. They wanted they at the because at the because at the time they didn't know how they were gonna have they were didn't know how they were gonna do Javert's death scene. So, I so I talked to what was his name? David was the director. David something. Awesome. So I talked to him. I said, "Dude, this this is what I do." I said, "What do you, so what do you what do you what do you want to do?" He said, "Well, we really like him to fall off the bridge, like you know, like he's supposed to." I'm like, "All right, we can we can do that." What did you, so let's just, what did you, is the set built? He's like, no, it's not built. I said, all right, well, let's, let's talk. So I think he had come up with some sketches and somebody had built what we ended up with. So he would sing tail end of the song, walking up the stairs to the top of the bridge. And then he would just, he dropped off and he was going backwards, which was, you know, for, for a lot of stunt guys, that's scary. Everyone's just, just an actor, you know, to be doing it. But, um, but yeah, no, I was totally. I brought in the crash pad and everything for him. No, I took care. I I was there. I, I made sure nothing was going to happen. <laughs> God, man. Yeah. Yep. It's because especially when it comes to falls, like I'm, you're the perfect person to ask for this. Like, there is is there certain technique when it comes to falling? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. There's, but there's different. You know, there's different kinds of falls. There's, you know, there's there's head first. There's backwards. There's facing. You know, face first. There's there's all there's there's different kinds, and they all require different technique. They all require different 
disciplines. And I mean, that's one of my specialties. I've been doing those. I can't tell you, I have countless, countless falls under my belt from, from 10 feet to a hundred feet. So it's, this is something that I'm very comfortable with. There's something I became very comfortable with. So, and I can teach, I can teach it and I can, I can still, it's one of the things I can still do at my age that I'm not afraid to, you know, that I'm not afraid to go. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that gag. I did that for a couple of years ago for a horror movie, um, rock, paper, scissors. Oh. And the stunt, the stunt coordinator was a friend of mine and he called me. Now my wife and I had already spoken. She's like, okay, you know, let's, let's start pulling away from the big gags. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm good with that. You know, they're hitting the ground and they just get beat up and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. So I get a call from the stunt coordinator. He says, hey, Stevie, he says, um, I got, I need a, I need somebody to come in and block this fight. And um, I, we don't know, we don't have an actor for it yet, but I need somebody to block this fight so we can show the director. He said, it's, you know, no big deal. It'll just be a day. Come on in. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I went down. He's a dear friend of mine. So we're blocking out this fight. It was one, some, it was some old museum house in um, just outside of downtown LA. They do. They shoot. I think they shot six feet under. Oh. It was the house for six feet under. They out. They shot the exterior. The, in the exterior is that house. Yeah, yeah, the main oh, house. Very rad. But we shot. We were shooting. Then Shy's side was all practical. Was, somebody lives there and curates it, but it's more like a museum now. Hmm. And um, so we blocked this fight. It starts on the first floor, goes up to the second floor, goes up to the attic. And and he's and so we're up in the attic, and he says, "Oh, by the way," he said, "the actor in the fight gets kicked out of this third story window." I'm like, "Oh, that sounds awesome!" <laughs> and he's like, "And <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm so jealous. I don't get to do it." <laughs> um, so we're so then the director shows up, and he didn't tell me who the director was until the director showed up, and the director walks on set, and I went. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? It was Tom Holland. Tom Holland. He wrote and directed *Fright Night*, *Child's Play*, *Thinner*, all these movies that that I grew up watching. Uh-huh. And I went, Carl. I said, "You didn't tell me it was Tom Holland." He's like, "Oh, I didn't think you knew him." I said, "Of course I know him." I'm like, "Oh my God!" Grew up with so. <laughs> yeah, right. I've seen everything. I mean, I grew up on all of his horror movies. Child's play and oh my god, um, so we do this. We do that. We show it to him. He's like, "Yeah, I love it. It's great. Sounds great." So we're all sitting at the dining room table downstairs, and the producer's producer walks in, super nice lady, and she says, um, "She said, so Carl said, oh, how'd it go? And, oh, it went great. Tom loved it. Blah 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 blah." And she's and I'm looking at the call sheet, and I notice the wardrobe girl's name. I'm like, "Oh." Camille, I know Camille. And the producer looks at me, she says, you know Camille? I said, yeah, I worked on another show with Camille. I said, Camille's wonderful. She's great. She's a, she's a dear friend of mine. I'm like, oh, well, next time you talk to her, tell her I said hello. So she pulls out her phone. She dials her number. She starts puts the phone. She says, hey, Camille, Jamie here. Do you know Steve Rizzo? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she said, here, Camille wants to talk to you. <laughs> like, oh, hey, Camille. How are you? She says, hi, Steve. How are you? Talking, 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 talking. So I give the phone back to the producer and she's like, so what do you think? Is Steve a good guy? Okay, great. So she hangs up the phone and she looks at me. She says, you're hired. I'm like, I'm sorry. She said, we're going to have you double. We're going to have you double the actor. I said, but we don't know who the actor is. They hadn't cast the actor yet. And I said, we don't know who the actor is. 
She's like, oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, and I look at Carl. I said, Carl, we don't know who the actor is. Like, and Carl's just like, he kind of shrugs his shoulders because he's like a laid back dude. You know, he's like, oh, we'll figure it out. I'm like, oh, man. So we're all sitting around the table for like another 20 minutes talking. And the, they finally, she got info of the cat who they cast as the, for the actor. And she said, here's who we cast. And she showed me a picture. And I said, I looked at the coordinator. I said, you good with that? He's like, yeah, we'll make it work. I'm like, okay. So I said, before we do that, though, I said, I've got to go. I've got to talk to my wife because this is a big gag. And I promised her I wouldn't do those, those big ones anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I went home. And I, I talked to you. And you met my wife. She's, you know, she's wonderful. She's, she's wonderful. Lovely. And so I said, and I said, uh, so here's the deal. I said, it was a great day. I said, the show's directed by Tom Holland. I had, and I told her who he was. And I said, here's the gag. It's going backwards out of a third story window. It's about 35 feet. And I, I said, I'm completely comfortable with it. I said, it's not a thumper. It's not going to hurt. And she said, is it going to pay? Well, I said, yeah, it's going to be pretty good. She said, so you're comfortable with it? I said, yeah, I'm completely comfortable with it. I said, okay. She said, okay. So we had a discussion. So I got on the horn and I said, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. So I ended up, we ended up shooting like five days at this house and we did the fight and everything. I ended up standing in for um, Luke McFarlane, who was the actor, because he was wearing a mask at one point. So again, so here's, here's that thing again where I had to study how Luke, how Luke moved and how he walked because I'm wearing a mask and, and I'm, I'm interacting with the actress. Mm. So in, in this mask, because then I had went right from that to, to action and to him diving over a table and all this stuff. And then the fight. And so it was, we shot like five days and it was the very last day. And my call time was like eight o'clock at night. I'm going, Oh my God, it must be the first shot up eight o'clock at night. And that was like the, the, the last shot up. And we didn't do that fall until like three in the morning. And I'm just like, oh come on, we gotta come. I'm getting so tired. <laughs> but, but it all it all it all worked out, and it came it came out great, and the director loved it, and producers loved it. So, you know, those those were some kind of things that happen sometimes. You know, I wasn't even I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was just, or I was just supposed to be there to show the director what we had come up with, and it turned into this whole big thing. So it worked out. You weren't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> I, I was on my couch in my pajamas when you called, man. <laughs> oh, happy accident. Right. Exactly. So that's how the job goes. You know, you, I'll sit around for, you know, for weeks on end with no phone. And then, and then the phone will just ring off the hook. You know, I went into, I went into New York last, last month mm-hmm. and I went in to do, to do a, to do a job. And I was supposed to work one day. I ended up working three or four more days on other shows. Like it they all came like all at once. I'm like, oh, you know, cool. that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm good with it. <laughs> I'm good so, with it. It's so interesting. Like, do you, do you always like discuss with your wife when you have like a, a new possible, you called it a gag? Is it a gag? I always, yes. It's, I, I just turned 55. I'm not ashamed to say it. Hey, um, and, and I, Steve Rizzo. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Hey, thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> um, so, so yes, I, I definitely pick and choose what I do. I always ask when someone says, Hey, are you available for such and such date? My next question is always, what's the gag? What's, what are we doing? 
Um, cause there's just, you know, there's just certain things that I just, that I just don't want to do anymore. Car hits, stair falls, you know, again, high falls I'll do all day long. Yeah. I'll do those all day long. I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, hitting the thump in the ground 11 times, you know, that's just, that's not for me anymore. So I always ask, um, I've been pretty, I've been pretty fortunate. It's been pretty, you know, it's been pretty light. It's been pretty light stuff, you know? Um, so I haven't had I haven't had to turn down anything big yet that I thought was too big that I didn't want to do. So, but you know, I know it's around the corner and I'll I'll have to. But it's you know it's after 31 years of doing it, it's, it's taken its toll, and I'm you know I'm doing more coordinating now. So I'm telling other people what to do. So nice, yeah. So, so it's working out during during like. I mean, this is uh, this is a question that really just spans like your entire career as a stuntman. Like, what's your conditioning like? Because I know athletically, athletically speaking, you're a you were like a track and field, you're a runner, yes. Yes, I was. I was when we did Les Mis. I was I was competing. I was I was, I was doing. I had I had track I had track meets while we were while we were doing uh, Les Mis. Um, yeah, I was running track up until 2020, and I finally just retired. Because I just couldn't, uh, you know, it's just you just I just couldn't keep up with the workouts anymore. It was just it was getting it was just getting too hard. Um, which is you know which is expected. I just couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up the pace that the guys my age who were who didn't have my job. I couldn't. It was tough to keep up that pace. Mm-hmm. So I just finally decided to to wrap it up and you know and move on to some other stuff. So that was for the longest time. That was my conditioning, but I've always been physically active. Um, do you now think- I just I do these. What's that? No, excuse me. I was just going to ask. Like, do you do do you have any routines that are specifically to keep your body conditioned for your work? I do weight training. I do treadmill. Um, I do I do a lot of power walking. Mm. So. In my neighbor, you've been in my neighborhood. The the hills and stuff is is great. They're it's fantastic around here. So you know, I try and do like you know two miles every day, every at least every other day, and and then I do weight training just to you know just to keep to keep in shape. And that works that works fine for me. That works fine for me. Nice, yeah. Because I yeah. I hear like that's one of the most important things. Like you know, as guys, you know, as we get older, that we have to keep that weight training going. We have to keep our bodies, <clears> you know. Feeling like we still need to yeah. carry heavy stuff, right? We still need to keep the <laughs> Don't get weaker. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, the other day I went to I was I was making a bed and I was like I'm struggling to lift the mattress up. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, gotta, I gotta up the weights. Jeez. <laughs> you know. So eh. but I'm you know, I'm making it I'm making it work. I'm making it work making it work right now you are giving me hold on let me get the name out right now and and if if you've done stunt work for this guy i'm gonna be i wouldn't be surprised but give me a sec because right now you are giving me hold up give me a sec let me get the name out yeah with that beard especially you are giving me me andrew lincoln vibes right now I was called to double Andrew Lincoln the very beginning of the show. Oh, not when they were shooting in Texas. I got called. Um, they said, "Hey, we're doing the show. You need a double for this actor, Andrew Lincoln." 
are you available? And I think at the time I was on, I was already on another show and I couldn't do it Mm. and I couldn't do it. But no, I get that. I get that a lot, especially with this. And I don't always, the reason why I have this beard is because an actor that I double in New York is doing a show and it's, it's a, it's a seventies piece. Mm. So he had, he has a mustache and sideburns. So I haven't started on the show yet. So I'm just letting everything grow out. So then when time comes, I'll just trim down to what I need because I just don't want to walk around with a mustache and sideburns unless I, you know, I have to. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just letting every, so I don't normally have this. So, but no, it's yes. Yeah. And it's funny because, because um, I used to do Fright Fest up at Magic Mountain and I have this specific character that I was doing for like four years. It's so much fun. Mm. It's so much, I know you're like I know you're sitting there going you're like a Hollywood stuntman. Why are you doing fright fest? Because it's fun as shit, man. It's hysterical. It's That's it's right it was but it's one That's of the it. it's one of the best jobs I ever had. And every year, I don't know if it's because of the structure of my face and the makeup that they had on, the prosthetics that they had on, and my hair and everything. But there every year I would always hear, um. What was it? What was his character's name? Rick. Rick. What was his character's name? Rick. Oh, Rick um, Grimes. Was it Grimes? Rick Grimes. Yeah. Rick Grimes. I would hear somebody scream. He looks like Rick Grimes from Walking Dead. I would hear it like every year. Every year, somebody was. I would hear it at least once or twice. It was what crazy. Was character. When I was in character. What was? Yeah, he looks like Rick Grimes. It was the. Uh, it was called the Stalker. Oh. Did you ever go to Did you ever go to Fright Fest? You've been to I Fright was, Fest. I was a Horror Nights fan. Like I went to Horror Nights. Oh, okay. And, how, and Universal. Okay. Yeah, six. Yeah, I was um, with the with the roller coasters alone. Not, 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 I don't even get on them, dude. Like I stand underneath Superman, and I'm like, fuck no. Can I go home, please? <laughs> <laughs> that's a loud. That's a that's a loud ass roller coaster, man. <laughs> it's <was> ridiculous. <laughs> um. So no, yeah, I was. I had a specific character that I had developed, and I was using every year. Um, and every time I would go back, that's they would just let me, you know, continue with this character. And it got started. It started getting a bit of a following. Um, <laughs> people started. I, I built a. I, had, I built a um, an Instagram account for him. Dude, <laughs> so I don't. I think it might still be up. It's been like three three years since I've been there. I think the last time I was there was right before the pandemic. Um, and so yeah, there's a, there was an Instagram account. I had it's called the Stalker. I think it was the Stalker. I think it was what it was called. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I started developing a little felt. People know started knowing who knew, knowing who I was and stuff. But um, yeah, it was so much fun. It's fun to. It was. I actually made a girl pee her pants one night, and I was just like, "My job here is done." She literally wet herself. She was so scared. I scared her so bad, and I'm like, "That was." It was it was amazing. I walked back on my break, and I went into the break room with my hands up, like I just scored a touchdown. Going, I did it. And I'm like, what? What happened? I said, I made someone pee their pants. <laughs> it was hysterical. It was so funny. I thought she was gonna. I thought she was gonna have a heart attack. I thought she was gonna have a heart attack. She just didn't want. She wanted nothing to do with me. Ooh. Nothing. And I just and I and I knew it. And I just wouldn't let her go. And she finally just. It, it took about 20 minutes, and she finally just gave up and just collapsed. <laughs> What were you doing? Because like at these fright fest things, you're not allowed to touch them. So you were just, were you psychologically See, Mike, tearing her apart? Oh, were you, oh yes. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't have to. My character at Fright Fest was the stalker, so I would I would find people like in the queue, and but I would stand like fifteen yards away from them, and I would pick one person out, and I would follow that one person until they noticed me, and then once they noticed that I was looking at them, it makes them and standing so far away, it makes them completely uncomfortable. And then I would follow them as they move through the queue. I would move with them, still staying, you know, a good distance away. Uh-huh. And sometimes in the shadows, sometimes behind a tree, sometimes behind, you know. And there was I would I would follow them all the way up until they were ready to go into the maze. This is all the, the uh, maze lines. And right when they would go into the maze, and I would still stay away from them until they turned their back and started going into the maze. And I would lunge and I would kick the trash can next to the opening of the maze that made this horrendous noise and they would just tear off they would they couldn't handle it, it scared it scared the living daylights out of them and it was it was people would applaud it was so funny because people <laughs> would know i had targeted somebody and they would be watching the whole time because it would take 20 minutes this whole this whole thing would take 20 minutes to do this and the tension would just build and build and build. And as they're getting closer to the to the entrance of the maze, I'm getting closer. They're getting closer. I'm getting closer. They're getting and it's just it, the tension just builds and builds and builds until that lunge and that scare. And people who are watching, who are like you know 10, 10 people, twenty people who were who were not, had caught on, would just we would was they just loved it. So I wasn't just entertaining one guest. I was entertaining thirty at a time. It was so it it was it worked out really well, and it just kind of I didn't plan on that. It just kind of it kind of grew into that like organically. It was really weird how it just happened because everybody else is running around scaring, yeah, boo, 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 you know, and I'm not. I don't say a word. I move slow. I pick somebody out, and that's it. And once you're targeted, that's it. It's it's and it's it's so much fun, so much fun. Wow, you sound like the stalker. <laughs> I'll go back and see if the Instagram is still up. I have a question. I have a question. Go. As the stalker, I mean, you know, Fright Fest or you know, Horror Nights characters, characters as they're out there on the on the on the on the floor, if you will. Like some of them, you know, there's the the bride who's like scaring people and she looks like the bride. There's like the guy sliding on the floor. There's some guy wearing a mask. What did the stalker look like? He looked like they had me dressed in um, that period because the period was like, um, what's a time period? Like 1600s time period. Okay. So I had the, I had this I had this beautiful long overcoat with these big beautiful cuffs um with buttons and buttons down the front i had a I had a silk vest i had a i had a i had a, a white shirt that had the, the 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 bow on it um it said yeah it was just it was just it was a perfect fit for what for what i was doing and and, and the very first time that i put the costume on and then got into makeup and because i really didn't know what i was going to do I went into when I first auditioned like six, seven, eight years ago, I was like, okay, I'm just, I know I want to be a zombie. So I'm just going to be like this and everybody else is doing normal zombies. So I just went and did an out of control zombie, like, like from 28 days later, one of those zombies. Oh, those are my favorite. So 
so I got cast. I'm like, okay, so that's the direction I was originally going to go. But then when I got into makeup and I got the, the wardrobe, I'm like, wow, this doesn't feel like it would be that kind of guy. I think it would be this kind of guy. So it went the complete opposite of what I originally had planned. And then it kind of morphed into this, into this crazy, you know, just slow moving, just didn't, didn't run, didn't speak, didn't scream, didn't say anything. Just, this is like you said, psychologically worked on you for a long period of time. And it turned out, it turned out to be really kind of cool. Uh, turned out yeah. really kind of cool. Because if you pick out the right person and, and I thought oh, at yes. first you were just wearing like regular clothes, like you look like a regular guest, but you do stand out a bit. The stalker stands out a yes. little bit. Yes. The, the, oh yeah. All the characters, we had our own wardrobe. We all had our own prosthetic makeup. Everybody was different. Yeah, absolutely. We had one girl who played, um, her character name was Innocence, and she played, <laughs> I love her to death. She's like 50 years old, but she plays a child. But she's like really, she's like really small, and she's really bendy, and she can do all that creepy crawling stuff. And she would just, oh, it would creep me out watching her because she would crawl like under the, the queue fence and then crawl through the line and just freak, pe- just freak people out because she would be like at their feet. And it was just, she was just absolutely, I mean, she's the face of Fright Fest. She was just amazing. She was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know if she still does it. I think she might. The level of excitement you feel at a, at like a Fright Fest type event, it's, it's like, it's that kind of mix of danger and entertainment that, you know, all theme parks want to mix, you know, whether it's a roller coaster or an attraction, you want to put that sense of, da- like in Indiana Jones at Disneyland, right? Like, it feels like you're on the bridge and you're over lava or something and the car feels all like bumpy, but you're on track. There's still safety, but you still have that. You're all safe. Yeah. But fuck, man, to be just out in the open, you're like, I'm going to a horror, into a horror fest thing. And and then you turn around and there's this weird person just staring at you, not running towards you, just staring. Sometimes, sometimes I would go and they didn't like it when we did it, but I did anyway, because it was a great scare. I would, if I had somebody and I knew I had them on the hook, I would go into the queue and I would stand there and I would make them because the queue and make them walk towards me. You had no choice but to walk towards me. And I had some people so freaked out that they just, they would just leave. They would just, they would, they would leave the line. They were already in the line for an hour waiting to get in the space. They would just split. They just couldn't take it. They just couldn't take it anymore. It was just that kind of stuff. It's just hysterical. Just hysterical. Were, Were you allowed to follow people into mazes? No, unfortunately we weren't. We weren't. But that, I mean, I, and I totally understood why, because that could cause, that could cause a lot of havoc. So yeah, that was understandable. No, I kept everything out of the open outside. I'm I'm imagining like the soccer stalking people outside. Right. And when, once people go into the mazes, maybe the stalker doesn't follow them into the maze, but maybe like they're going through the maze and they see like the room where it's the operating room and the doctor is like, you know, the crazy doctor is cutting someone up. And in the back of the fucking room is the stalker just standing there looking at you. I have, I have freaked people out so much where they ran into the maze and then I would wait for him at the exit. Dude, I've done that. <laughs> So the last person they saw going in, the first person they saw coming. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. It was so much. It was so much fun. I actually, I actually missed. I actually missed doing that. 
I actually missed doing that. It was so much fun. So much fun. Would you go back? Um, I, you know what? I want to go back, but with, with COVID and stuff, it's, mm. you know, it's, I mean, they came up with a really great, some of the makeup artists came up with a really, really great, um, they had cut their, the people who were wearing full face prosthetics, mm-hmm. they were cutting the, the, the bottom half off and attaching them to masks. So from the nose up was their prosthetic, but then the bottom half of the prosthetic, they were gluing to, they were attaching to a, a medical mask. So you could put that on and, and cover your face that way, hmm. which I thought was, was, was absolutely brilliant, but my prosthetic wouldn't allow that because it, my prosthetic was kind of on the, the minimal side and I really didn't have anything. I really didn't have anything that um, that they could glue to a mask that would that would look that would look like I wasn't wearing a mask. Right. So um, I haven't I haven't been back in. It's been three years I think since I hmm. since I've been there. <clears throat> so I actually I actually considered it this year, but I'm like you know what? It's uh, still not. I'm not. You know, don't think I'm. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Cause I, you know, there's times where I do get, in, I do get in people's spaces, you know, like really, really get in their face. And I just, you know, I just don't think it's, it's time for that just yet. That's I just fair. don't think it's time for that yet. You know, so, um, there, you know, when, when the time's right, when the time's right, I'll, I'd, I'd like to go back if, if they'll have me, it's, it's been three, three years now. So, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Don't know. Cause you just, you just, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. That's, so. what, that's what happened with me in Disneyland. That's why I didn't go back. Like they asked me to come back, but the way COVID was, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's not just the health concern, but it's also, am I going to still be working here? We'll be, will we, will we be cut short again? And then I'm just, you know, stuck in the middle here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You never, you, you just, you just don't know. You just don't know. I'm going to, I actually, I'm actually sending you a picture. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me see. On discord. No, on your text. I don't know. Oh, I can okay. send it on discord. And then there was a, somebody made a, somebody made a meme. Somebody got a picture of me and made a meme. Of you? Of me at Fright Fest. Okay, is that what you're? Uh, I want to see this photo. This is this was the. Oh, can I send it to Discord? I think so. I think you can add pictures on Discord. If you had the little on the text part portion, you can upload a file. Let's see. Oh, I know. I, te- I know. I just sent it to your text. I'm waiting right now. Let's see. Oh yeah, I just sent it. I just sent it to. Discord, okay. There you go. Let's see. I I do have an Android here, so I don't know how uh, selective your you phone Android. is. Hell yeah, you Androiders. I have a PC uh, and an the... Android. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, I sent it. I sent it to Discord, so it should be in your. It should. It looks like it was sent. It's in your. Uh, it's in your text there. So. Okay probably sending right now i don't see it yet but i'll wait for it 
I I thought for sure you were you would have been a fright fest person. I, I mean, I would have gone to that one, but I've uh, I was always more because I lived closer to Universal Studios because I was living in like NoHo area, just a one hundred and one yeah. straight shot there. Yeah, like, that makes sense. For, like horror nights for me messed me up though in a good way. Like when the when the tram, <laughs> when the terror tram first became a thing, and they drop you off right there at the Bates Motel, and you have to walk through the world, the War of the World set, and there's people in ghillie oh, suits yeah, popping up, every- dude. Oh, dude, <laughs> it messes me up. Then you would you would have liked you would not have liked Fright Fest would have would have would have scared the crap out of you. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. I would I would have said some I would have sent some like some not not vulgar things to you, but I would have cursed you out and then apologized. Like if I I would have been like you piece of shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're just doing your job. Oh, fucker. I'm so, I'm so sorry. You're doing your job. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I get that. I got that several times. Got it several times. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to talk about just a little bit about your music just cuz I know you play music still. Like what's like Oh yeah. What's what's going yeah, on? I, what? Because I haven't been doing Fright Fest, I needed I needed a little I needed a little Halloween outlet. So I started doing I started doing it last year. Um, I take I have because I have, I'm not in a band or anything. I play guitar. I build guitars and I play guitars. You but I'm not in a band. Guitars? Yeah, it's what? kind of like, it's kind of like my hobby. Yeah, I didn't know my hobby. Since when? Yeah, those guitars, those guitars that I brought in, the those guitars that I brought in when we were doing late mids that I would bang around on, you know, under the stage and stuff. I built all those. Wait, yeah, so how did I that built, start for you? What, what, what you are you just like, I just Jesus? you're like I'm gonna be a carpenter, make guitars. <laughs> well, I've always been I've always been in music has always been a big thing for me ever since I was a kid. Music has always been very, very important to me, and it was always struck a chord with me. But um, I, so I, I started playing piano as a kid, um, and I just couldn't, couldn't get the hang of it because I couldn't read music because of my, because of my um, ADD and my dyslexia. Reading music was very, dis- it was very difficult. Now I could sit and and figure it out and memorize it. And not read the music, but just memorize what I what the music was and play it that way. And it drove my teacher crazy. Um, so I finally got away from from playing wait, piano time, and started playing the drum. Out. So time out, so so I can understand. So wait, so you were able to read the music, memorize it, mm-hmm. and that's how you would learn music. You would you'd have to memorize yes. it. Yes. You couldn't just. I'd have to memorize. It. No, I can't sight. I could never sight read. Mm. No. No. Is it? Is it? Just like I can't. Just like I can't cold read. Same thing. Uh, cold reading is very difficult. Yeah. It, it, you said the dyslexia, right? So like the little mm-hmm. notes or whatever. Oh, wait. And your yeah. and your teachers wouldn't like you memorizing your music. Oh, my piano teacher hated memorizing music. She's like she wanted me to sight read. She she hated the fact that I would memorize it. And she knew I was memor- I'd memorize it because I'd be looking at the keys, the keyboard the whole time. I wouldn't look up at the music at all. I wouldn't look at the sheet music at all. So she is. So I got away from that and started, and then got into playing the drums and played the drums for a long time. Again, didn't, couldn't learn, couldn't read the music. So I taught myself how to play. And so I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but didn't think I could do it. So I finally just broke down and got a cheap ass guitar and a cheap little amp for Christmas, like 
I don't know, 15 years ago or something mm-hmm. and start teaching myself to play guitar. Everything I learned on guitar, I've learned off of YouTube. <laughs> 15 years so, ago, you just wait, wait, what about the building of guitars? 15 that years started, ago? that started because I wanted some of my, some of my favorite idols the people who I grew up with, I wanted their guitars, but I play left-handed. Oh. So at the, time, at the time I couldn't get them. So I started building them. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. So now you can buy kits, and you just build, you just build it that way. And so that's what I did. And the last one I built was a, an Eddie Van Halen 5150. The last one I built uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. So, uh, but I have a, I have a, a Kiss White Lightning that I built, Les Paul White Lightning that I built. I have three Eddie Van Halen Stripe guitars that I built. And then there's one I did buy. I bought an Epiphone. I did buy one <laughs> that, that, I, that I use. Um, so, yeah, I have those. Um, so I started, I came with my wife last year. I'm like, you know what? I think it would be fun if I did a, because I play with with guitar tracks where I, I get these tracks and then you can take the instruments out. Mm-hmm. And I used to be able to do it on guitar guitar or uh, garage band. You can't do it on garage band anymore. So I started buying these, I started buying these guitar tracks and you can take out anything in, when you buy the track, you can take out anything you want in the track. So I just buy the track, I take out the guitar. So everything else is there. The drums, the keyboard, the bass, the vocals, the backup guitar, backup, everything else is there except the main guitar. So I just, I just mute it. So I have a song list of about, I don't know, hundred songs and I play. So this thing grew from this little you know, $120 guitar and a $99 amp to I have um, a hundred watt amp. It has, I have a, I have a pedal board that has seven or eight pedals on it. Ooh. I have seven guitars. <laughs> I have an EVH cabinet speaker. So it grew into this, this huge thing. So I said to my wife last year, I said, you know what would be fun? I said, since we're not doing Halloween and we know I'm doing Fright Fest, would it be fun if I, dressed up as a character and pulled out all my equipment and did a show out in the garage for the trick-or-treaters. She said, that's a great idea. So I put together a song list, put that, you know, my favorite, and it's all eighties pop rock song. So I picked out, you know, favorite songs I like to play. And so I dressed up as Michael Myers and (laughs) set up the garage, put lights up. I had all my equipment out there. And it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. People were, and my wife sat out on the driveway with a big bowl of candy and the kids would come up and the parents, you know, were taking video. And I think at one point there was probably like 50 or 60 people on the driveway, mm. you know, just watching the show and the kids were there to have it. And it was, and it, it was a huge hit. And so I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again this year. So that's kind of like my little Halloween because I love Halloween and that's kind of like my Halloween fix, you know? So that's, that's what it's turned into. It turned into from a, you know, a $200 investment guitar amp to, I mean, my, my, my equipment is probably well over, over $5,000 probably. Easily. I mean, with, yeah. every, with everything that I have. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun. And then it's something I never thought I could do. And I just, I just went ahead and I just took it, by the horns, and I just then I just did it. Now, am I a great guitar player? No, I'll admit that I'm not a great guitar player. 
I can I can be a I'm a really good really really good rhythm guitar player. I can play in a rhythm. I can play rhythm in anybody's band, but I'm not much of a lead guy. There's songs I can play lead on, but I'm you know, so it works. It works out nice. It works out. I pick the songs that don't have a heavy lead, you know, guitar part. So, you know, there's I do a couple of Van Halen songs um, because I, I pull when I pull out the EVH, you, the people expect to hear Van Halen. You just can't get away from it. Mm. But it's like I do. You know, I do, I do, I open the show with Thriller because there's a girl band who does it all hard rock, no keyboard. So I took what they, I, I, I took what they do and just laid it in over the original song and it works out, it works out phenomenal. It's so, it's so funny. So then, you know, like this year goes from Thriller, it goes into Journey, um, the Go-Go's, um, I do go. I play. I do Ghostbusters because I got that track. I took out all the guitars of Ghostbusters. I play Ghostbusters, you know. And then it's Brian Adams, and it's it's a little sticks and Van Halen, and I close the show with Time Warp from Rocky Horror. So Hell that'll be. That's the first, I didn't do it last year. I did. I'm going to do that this year. So you know, it's 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 fun, man. It's just fun. It's fun. It's just you know, it's just about having fun and being happy. <laughs> Dude, that seems to be a, a, the common thread for you. Like any, so far the things you share, the things you do, right? Whether it's uh, whether it's you know your stunt work, whether it's your your scare acting over at Six Flags, whether it's your music, it's like it's fun. It's fun. It is. It's got to be fun. Life is. If if it's not fun, why do it? You know. I, I try to. Yeah, I try to do that. I try to do that. Dude, we never we never talked about movies because I know you're a movie buff and I'm a movie buff and we never talked about movies. We've been at it now for an hour. <laughs> I, mean, have- I think this is a great place then. Hold on. I'm going to pause really quick. I'm going to pause right here. And we're back. We got water, empty bladders. And now you're here looking like Better Call Saul, man. Now you're looking like Saul Goodman. <laughs> I love that guy. You're looking like Love Sal Goodman, like on the run, and it's been like months on the run, and he has a beard now. <laughs> oh, I feel it's like itchy in a gut. All right, so we're gonna talk movies now, man. I mean, let's All see. Right. Where, okay, um, you got to remember now. I've got. I'm old school. I've got. What do I got? Twenty years on you. I mean, you might have more knowledge when it comes to like. To like films in the '80s that I never got a chance to like. I, I've I've looked I've looked into '80s films like the ones that you're supposed to watch. You know what I mean? Like the older films are supposed like for me. Like I'm, th- this isn't an '80s movie, but my personal favorite movie and favorite in the sense that this is the movie that I like to watch when I'm sad or I'm feeling down in general. The Princess Bride. That is my go-to <laughs> feel better. Movie. I haven't seen. I haven't seen The Princess Bride. Oh my gosh, probably in thirty years. I got to go back and revisit that one. Man, that is no, that's a good one. That's a good one. One of my that's, favorite that's parts of that movie is like even even the stunts in that movie, like the like the 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 big fencing scene with. Uh, oh my god! And that's what's his face, famous Broadway actor, uh, not Brian Darcy James. Um, oh yeah, way before Brian Darcy James. Way before what's his name uh, from? Uh, um, oh my- Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! He's the one who's like, okay. you, killed my, "You killed my father. Prepare to die." The ah. Princess Bride. Oh, that is an '80s movie. Yeah, 
It is. A, it's totally an eighties movie. Uh, where is he? Mandy Patinkin. Mandy, Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin. Yes, that's right. Dude, that's right. That fight with Mandy Patinkin and Carrie. Uh, is it K- Carrie? Carrie L or something like that. Yeah. Their fight when they're just like when they're fencing. And then you see them fall off, uh, like falling off that high stone pillar or something, and you just see the 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 mat just fold. Oh, did you? I get to see? It's like I said, it's been so long. I gotta go back and I gotta go back and visit it, revisit it. Oh my god, that's just the yes. kind of movie that just makes me feel good. You know? Yeah, we all. What, what's, what's your feel good movie? Like, what's the movie you go my, to? And you're gonna you're gonna laugh because <laughs> my feel good movie is E. T. <gasps> Oh, that's my feel okay. good. Yeah, that's my feel good. I can I can watch that movie. I've seen it well over well over a hundred, probably hundred and fifty times, and I cry every single time at the end. Every single time. I was on I was on my trip, I was on my way to New York a couple weeks ago and I was watching it on the plane and came to the end and I'm just I'm I'm balling. I'm balling. And the uh, the flight attendant comes up. She was like going by asking if anybody needed anything, and I'm just like, oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks. You know, <laughs> a tissue. <laughs> Every single time, I just love that movie, and that was, I mean, that's one of the movies that that I said I want to do. This is what I want to do. Something, you know, I want to do. I want to be in this business. And that was one of the movies that that really drove it home for me. I mean, I, the original. The original movie that did it for me was was Jaws. Ooh. I saw that as I saw that as an eight year old boy in the theater when it came out that summer, um, and I walked out of the theater going, I don't know what just happened, but whatever that was, I want to. That's what I want to do. I want to be a part. I want to do that. That's what I knew. And to this day, it's Jaws to me is the greatest movie ever made. Period. Period. It was all. Wonderful actors, practical stuff. Jesus, Milo disagrees. Milo is very upset that you love Joss. He's my unofficial host. Milo, Milo, can you calm it down? Can you calm it down? I swear. Thank you, baby. Steph coming in for the rescue, for the assist, waking her up from her nap. Milo. It was the elote guy, too. You're not getting elote now, Milo. G money <laughs> cricket. I love you, you deaf dog, you beautiful deaf dog. Oh, yours is deaf too? So is ours. You have a deaf thing. dog too? Yeah, Sugar's she's she's gonna be sixteen in November. And she lost her hearing a few years ago. Oh, so, so it happened it, it so your dog went deaf from like from mm-hmm. old age. I have a yeah. young pup who I we believe was born deaf. Oh, that's just sad. But it's all sad. I mean, like, I thought that too. But then, like, someone, like, someone, another dog owner was like, well, it's sad for us, but not sad for him. He doesn't know the difference, you know? Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But when, you know, when they go deaf, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they don't understand why, you know? That's they don't, don't, maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. They don't, I mean, if they could talk, I mean, Dude, I've heard I've heard some insightful things about dogs. Like when a dog knows it's like what was it? Like when a dog knows it's gonna die or it's like really sick, 
and, and, it, and it knows its days are numbered, like it will actually look into its owner's eyes more thoughtfully. Like it will actually take it in more. And then dogs are so – I don't even know what to call this. But dogs care about us so much and how we feel that when they're about to die, a lot of dogs go into isolation. They go a lot. They go to be by themselves. They hide. Really? My friend's dog. Yeah, my friend's dog. He had this Labrador, big, black, beautiful Labrador. And when she passed away, they found her under the car. Like she hid somewhere safe, you know, to be by herself. It's. Dogs are beautiful, next level yeah. creatures. Yeah. No, I love my dog. But back to Jaws, and also how funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting tangent. <laughs> that's what happens here, man. That's I have ADHD too, so I just go from one thing to the next. You know. That's funny. That's funny. So, but back to Jaws. Funny how funny that both your the two movies you just mentioned, E.T. and Jaws, aren't aren't those Spielberg movies? Oh, I'm not finished because after Jaws came out, then we had we had Star Wars, mm. the original Star Wars, New Hope, 1977. Walk out of that theater going with my little head just blown to pieces, and then follow that up with another Spielberg movie, Close Encounters. I walked out of that. I walked out of that movie and went, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Was that the so, same year? Uh, no, uh, Close Encounters of '78. Oh, okay. So between '75 and '78, those three movies were just. And then, and then I went into. Then I started getting into the Halloweens, and then the Friday the Thirteenths, and then the Freddy Kruegers, and so then you know, sort of things sort of changing in the in the early '80s into the mid '80s. But those three movies were huge impacts on me. Huge impact. You gotta on me. You gotta you gotta let me in a little bit because so personally, I think I feel very I feel very lucky that I have memories of being in the theater during Endgame, right? During Infinity War, all these great films, you know, whatever, right? That's great. But dude, <laughs> what was it like for you as a kid to have watched Star Wars? Oh, what like you, like you, like? Tell me, like, what the fuck were you going you through? You know, as a it's kid. so funny because because you guys today you have all this you know you have all this backstory and all these new characters and and that you that you're sinking into. All we had at that time we had New Hope in '77, and then we had Empire Strikes Back, which by the way is the best one of the entire series. BS me. Yeah, Empire, Empire Strikes Back is the best one of, of all nine movies, anything. And to see those in the theater as original as originally as they were shot, no special, no special, you know, master edition. And we, we got we got the raw, <laughs> you know, how it was meant, how it was meant to be. And it was still blew our minds. It's still just we just walked out of there going what did we just watch? Holy crap. You know? And then it, that that's when the obsession for me started. I mean, I was just like, Star Wars, Star Wars. I had, I started collecting the figures and the toys and the uh, everything. So I was just like obsessed with Star Wars. Just obsessed with Star Wars. And people... But it, yeah, it was... Ugh. It was... But here's the thing. Nobody, nobody was dressing up. Nobody was waiting in line, you know, for six days dresses Princess Leia, some dude dresses Princess Leia. 
<laughs> we weren't doing that. We weren't doing that. We just we wanted to go to the movie. We wanted to see the movie. When's the next one coming out? Oh my God, they're making Empire Strikes Back. It's coming out. It's coming out in the summer. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That was what we. That was, we just were excited just to just go see it because it was so. It was so. It was like nothing that was coming out. Nothing. It was just you know, and the granted the 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 technology was getting better, but it was still. It was still like, oh, we just, we, I can't put my finger, I can't explain it. I can only explain that we were just like super excited and we couldn't get enough of it. We just couldn't get enough of it. I imagine. And we only had, and we only had, at the time, we only had three movies. By the end, by 83, we only had three movies. That was all we had. And, and you had to wait till like, what was it, 99 or 2000 that episode? 90, I think, it was, I think it was 99. Yeah. It was 99. Ooh. Right, I, I, and I, it, it feels like your mind is expanded. You know, like your imagination, what you thought your imagination was, and what you could think of. Right, I feel like after after watching Star Wars for like at that age, you're just like, what the fuck is possible? Well, I know how better, how much better could it possibly get? You know, and then they started introducing all these new characters and everything, and you know. It, it kind of, I'm because I I can't and I can only speak for me, but I can't. I don't know if there's anybody else out there that that feels the same way I do. But I was so attached to those original characters that I had a hard time. I had a hard time getting invested in one, two, and half of three because three three didn't didn't start to get my attention. Until the very end, when we saw Anakin turn into Darth Vader, and then we saw we saw the babies being we saw the babies we saw Baby Luke delivered to Tatooine, and we saw Princess Leia being delivered to her adopted parents, and then we saw we saw Owen standing there on that with his foot up on the on the dirt, looking out like we saw Luke doing in the very in, in New Hope. So that's when it all started. That's when it all started becoming more invested to me because now I've seen familiar characters. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing familiar characters. I wonder. And a little, a little, a little tidbit. A little, a little tidbit. I don't know if you know this, but ET makes an appearance in episode two. War. Is it two? Is it two or was three? It, was it two? It's in two or three. It's when they're all in the uh, in the, uh, think, at the council, the Senate the council. council. Senate meeting, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I loved and it. E.T., Yoda makes an appearance, or Yoda, quote-unquote, makes an appearance. Where did Yoda make it? Wait a minute. Wait, what? There's a kid dressed You're... as Yoda during the Halloween. Oh, yes. Seed. Yes. <laughs> yes. And E.T. goes home, home. Like, he recognized him. Like, he's like, oh, I remember him from... Okay, yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. And I just watched the movie like two weeks ago. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I, like, I, like, do you think? Do you when you're watching Star Wars, right? When you're watching like the prequels or even like the original trilogy or the new ones, like, like you were talking about how like when the first one came out, and the second one came out, there was no backstory, there was no, there was no uh, lore or anything. Did you no. like as a fan? As the new movies came out, did you continue seeing them as that, as just their own films, or were, or was your understanding of Star Wars building with it? 
again, it didn't. I didn't start to get reinvested until the end of three, because then three came, and 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 now we're getting we're getting caught up to where we originally started, and then what I loved about Rogue Rogue One was the very end when Princess Leia took the disc to give to to R2-D2, and we saw Princess Leia again as young Princess Leia when we, when we know, so everything started, everything was starting to get tied together mm-hmm. and it was starting to, it was starting, I'm starting to get more invested in them. And then it just moved from there to now everybody's growing and now the characters are getting older and now we're seeing them. Now we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it, it the first two movies for me were just like, ah, eh, I'm okay. And it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really get reinvested until, till three when we saw, Anakin turn into Darth Vader, and and I love, but I love, I'm loving um, Obi Wan. Obi Wan was great because now we're taking, we're we're seeing that story that we're that we're familiar with because we know what he did. So now we're seeing that story, which I think is great. And and Ian McGregor is just the dude is just phenomenal. The dude is just phenomenal. Next level for sure. And, mm-hmm. Oh my god! And if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Halstead, um. Ooh, um, shoot, where he plays the fashion the designer, the famous fashion yes. designer. Oh my god! I've seen. Clips. Oh my god! I need it. That's on my list. You have, you have to see, you have to see that. He is amazing. Why he didn't win the Emmy for that, I have no idea. He was absolutely amazing at that. And every time I see him now, I can't think of anything else. I can't see him as anything else. Mm. I know he's been Obi Wan from the beginning, but as soon as like you know, he's still, he's still um, Austin to me. But speaking of Obi-Wan, did you, like, because you grew up with the original ones, you grew up with the original old man Ben Kenobi. Mm-hmm. When you saw Ewan in Obi-Wan, the series, were you picking up on how he was mixing young, young Obi-Wan with old Obi-Wan? Like the mannerisms, the scratching of the beard, even the certain inflections in his in, in his speaking voice. I think, um, yes. Yes and no. Um, I think I'm because I'm older now. I'm seeing, I'm seeing E. McGregor more as I'm seeing more of a of the performance. I'm I'm appreciating the performance of the character that he's portraying, as opposed to oh well he's not nothing he's nothing like you know Alec Guinness at all. I'm seeing it more from I'm seeing it more from a a, a, a performance standpoint. And I just think he's just phenomenal. You're I just think he's it. phenomenal. You're seeing the performance for what it is, without right? So it's so I don't. I'm not, yes, I don't. I don't feel that. I don't feel a comparison at all. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm just looking at a performance. The, the performance of this character that he's portraying, and it, and he's portraying it the way he he feels. He doesn't seem like he's trying to mimic. Yeah, he's got a couple of mannerisms, but he doesn't seem like he's trying to mimic Alec Guinness at all. Um. But yes, if, if at this point is you know being older and being in the business for so long and seeing so much, just following all these characters, I'm, 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 I see him more. I see it more from the performance standpoint. Mm. Is how I look at it. That's how I look at it. But he's doing it. He's doing a phenomenal job. I, I still think he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, if I may geek out a little bit, 
What? You? From from <laughs> from episode one up until Obi-Wan, right? The the more time goes on and the more I let the, the these movies, especially the, the, the prequel trilogy, the more I let them just age and the more I let time pass by and I grow a more a bigger appreciation for them, especially for Anakin Skywalker, because I feel so much remorse for Anakin that the Jedi's let him down. I feel like the mm-hmm. prequel trilogies showed you you were watching how the Jedi fell to their own ignorance. They are just as the Jedi are just as responsible for creating Darth Vader as Palpatine was because they mm-hmm. were they were ignorant within their 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 arrogance made them ignorant. Arrogance, yeah. They're very arrogant. Yep. And and it and broke it's, my heart. Oh, and I still think I still think there's a little bit of it there in Obi Wan. There's still a little bit of arrogance, I think, mm-hmm. in in, in his character. Yeah, because he's Especially. he's the last well next to Luke, and well, now that now that Leia, now that Leia's gone, they haven't addressed that. Did they address that? Where her passing? Did they address Princess Leia passing? She passed. They did. Away. She passes away in the new trilogy in the second movie. When uh, Luke comes back to fight fight off the First Order, Leia passes away. I didn't make it that far. I didn't make it that far. I was <laughs> I had an accident at work back in in April, and I was uh-huh. bedridden for like four weeks. So I was I was like, well, what am I going to watch? So I just started. I just put on the, the trilogy. I just put on the, the the entire. And I must not have gotten that far. I must have peeled off because I know I finished. I went off and I watched Sopranos. Um, <laughs> and so I must say it's been a while since I've seen the, the, the tail end. Um, except for the last one, the last one I, I saw in the, the I saw in the theater. Mm. I think it was the last one I saw like in the theater. Well, well, let me tell you what broke my heart when it comes to Darth Vader. It, I don't know if you've watched the animated show Clone Wars. But I did in not. That, in that series, Ahsoka, who we see in, um, I believe it's uh, the book of Boba Fett, I think we see her, and we also see her in Mandalorian. Oh, no, Man- Mandalorian. She showed up in Mandalorian. Thank yeah. you. So we see Ahsoka. Ahsoka was in Clone Wars, her character, and she even fought. She was Anakin's apprentice. She, um, uh, she fought Darth Vader, and there was a moment, just like in Obi-Wan, where she fights him, slashes his mask, reveals showing, you know, Anakin, tries to reach out for him. And then at Darth Vader says, no, Anakin's dead, blah, 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 blah. And then both both Ahsoka and Obi-Wan do the same thing where they just accept that and go, fine, I'm sorry, my friend. And they leave Darth Vader there. But see, that's, that's what Darth, but that's what made Luke so amazing, in my opinion. Because everyone told him, your father's dead. That's Darth Vader. Right. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And he said, no. And Luke wouldn't believe it. Yeah. He was like, no, I have, didn't believe my, I have hope. He my father's still there. He tried to, he, in, in, in Jedi, he tried to save him. He tried to get him. He tried to get him on the Falcon. And he, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't go. He, he even he even while he was dying, like Anakin said, take off my mask. Let me see you with my own eyes. Right, like Obi Wan could have done that. Like you, like like it broke my heart because it, it connected with something I went through with the, with the, with a certain friend. We kind of broke apart because you know shit just got bad, and uh, it, it, I started 
the hate and anger I felt towards this person, it started changing mm-hmm. who they were in my, my mind. And it also started mm-hmm. affecting me, you know? Yeah, totally see that. And you have to like let go of that anger or else it w- – and I feel like Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, none of them let go of that anger or what or that pain they felt of the death of Anakin. And I wish Obi-Wan in that moment while Darth Vader was on his knees, you know, he just sat there with him and said, I know you say you're dead, brother, but I know you're there. Puts a hand on his shoulder or something just in on his knees next to him and says, I will wait here with you. Just – can you imagine – the deaths that mm-hmm. Obi-Wan could have prevented if he just sat there and had a little bit more patience for his friend. Exactly. A little I, bit my, more patience. I was yeah. bawling my eyes out in that moment. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think this is a good time. This is a good time to get to my favorite segment of the show. And now that we're about to hit, we're about to hit an hour and a half. So I think it's a good Holy moment. Crap. Okay. Um, this is so okay. Are you uh, are you a fan of Inside the Actor Studio? Oh wow! I saw some of them. I wasn't a huge fan, but go ahead. Well, you're about to have your moment, your Inside the Actor <laughs> Studio moment, where I'm a big fan yeah. of the last ten questions James would ask the the the, the actors and and actresses. I don't, even know, I don't even know what they are. Ah, oh, good. Good. <laughs> I want to, and I don't like telling my guests prior because I don't want y'all to like have questions ready. I want this to be in the moment. And these are simple right. questions, deceptively simple questions, yeah. but, but they're very insightful. Okay, I'm good. Let's go. Hit me. All right, here we go. Question one: nah. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Hmm. <laughs> oh geez i'm a potty mouth fuck <laughs> it is right on sorry sorry not at all sorry <laughs> I apologize here why the, this is the why the f not show i mean all uh, right okay yeah next question what is your least favorite word my least favorite word um moist Right on. <laughs> Next question. What turns you on? What makes you happy? What makes me happy is when my wife and daughter are happy. Beautiful. Next question. What turns you off? What makes you unhappy? Now you're asking what turns me off or what makes me unhappy? The only reason why I put in that second question is because the, 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 the original questions are what turns you on and what turns you off. But a lot of the times people, uh, they uh, interpret that question as strictly as, you know, what turns me on sexually. But the question is really saying what lightens you up? You know, what, what lights right, you down? Right, right, right. Um, what brings me, what, okay, what brings me down? Um. At this point in my life, uh, the thought the thought of losing my dog mm. because she's going to be sixteen at this at this at this moment in my life. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, because right now my my daughter's happy. She's doing her thing. My wife and I are here. We're doing our thing. We're happy. So. 
thanks thank you for sharing that um <laughs> like honestly i think about You're that with milo you know like loving mm -hmm. someone even if it's a dog right like that just happens in life the people we love the animals we love in our life like we have them but one day mm -hmm. we're gonna lose them and that's I saw I saw a tick I saw a TikTok. The the reason why dogs are only here for a short time is because they already know how to love. They already know how to be companions. They already know how to be here. So they give that they give that to us. And the reason why we're here so long is because we have to learn all that. Huh. So it takes a while. When they're here, when they're when they're put here, they already have all that. So that's why we only get them for sort of short amount. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. It's an interesting thought, interesting way to think about it. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Next question: What sound or noise do you love? The sound of bacon frying. The sound of bacon frying. It's you know. Like Jim Gaffigan said, it's like an audience cheering. <gasps> Bacon. Next question. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, fork dragging across a plate. That screech. I mean, there, look, that one, there's a lot of sounds I hate. <laughs> you know, my record, my, my record needle scratching across the records. You know, that kind of stuff, but... All right. Dig it. All right. And then this one, uh, this one was pretty easy for you. What is your favorite curse word? Right back to the beginning was your favorite word. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? An astronaut. Would love a fascinated with the whole moon moon stuff and and space travel and how to how how we figured it out how we figured out how to do it and yeah i'd love to love to have been a, i'd love to have gone to the moon what profession would you not like to do school teacher takes a special person and i'm and I'm not that special. <laughs> it takes a special, special, special person to be a school teacher, to be that dedicated. And it's, it's, they, they just don't get enough credit. They really don't. Mm. Nice. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I know who you are. Come on in anyway. And a fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Now we made it back to the ending again of the podcast. Uh, we'll talk about that little technical hiccup, but I'm glad you're here again with the great Steve Rizzo, stuntman extraordinaire. Once again, Steve, let the folks know where they can catch you or not catch you but if they look and carefully they see it's you if you're doing your job yeah. right they don't see it exactly oh gee the, the the latest big thing was um uh, our flag means death we shot here in la last summer um uh double reese darby 
for that series. It's been his double for a few years. Um, they're moving it to New Zealand, so I'm not going for the second season, which I'm kind of bummed about. But, uh, you know, it happens. These things happen. Lorx 3 comes out next month, September 9th, September 13th. I can't remember which one it is. Clark's three and uh, been coordinating a lot of things. I've uh, been working with uh, Kristana Loken. She played TX in Terminator Three cool. in the leather red leather suit. No, we've been we've been friends for a while. So we did a project in 2013 and we stayed we stayed uh, connected, stayed in touch. And now she has her own production company and she's doing stuff. So I work with her now as her stunt coordinator. And that's, you know, just doing stunt days here and there and just trying to stay happy, man. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, brothers. Great seeing you. Great seeing you. Anytime. I'll come back anytime. You know that. Yeah. We'll just talk movies. Yeah. Talk shop. Yeah. I know. Just more. You know, just, hey, what's, what, what do we like? What's, what's out there? Because I'm not a, I'm, I'm. It's so funny. I said this to my wife the other day. I said, I have not seen a single minute or have worked on a single Marvel project. <laughs> I have not seen a single one. Whoa. And, and, and it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, I can't other, other than it's just not my bag. Um, I love, I love more practical stuff. I love mm. more practical stuff. Um, I think what Jurassic Park did in 92 with CGI and practical was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And and I that's that's where that's where it kind of left off for me was there. Um I can watch that movie a bazillion times. I love I love that movie. The very first one. I just have one opinion about this and we're supposed to be ending now, but fuck it, you know. <laughs> with jurassic park like that first one like it's so good like it's not like so i just saw the 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 latest jurassic world film and they brought back the original three they brought back you know uh dr grant what's her face dr uh what's her what's her name malcolm Malcolm, dr um dr ellie um ellie sadler Sadler, Sadler. Dr. Sadler. they they brought them all back but you know the thing Mm -hmm. with with jeff goldblum's character with dr malcolm it like the original Dr. Malcolm performance felt like a character, like, like someone else. But now it just felt like Jeff Goldblum was playing Jeff Goldblum. You know, which I have no problem with. I love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I, I don't either. Um, I think, I think Jeff, I mean, I'm a huge Jeff Goldblum fan. And I think Jeff Goldblum definitely has a style that nobody else has, an acting style that nobody else has that has become Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could be playing a character, but it's still going to be Jeff Goldblum because he's, that's who he is. This is what his, his mannerisms and his deliveries and his, his, it's all great, but it's just, he's got a, such a specific style mm-hmm. that nobody else has. And I think that's what happens. People go, it's just got Jeff Goldblum. That's, that's what he. That's him. That's who he is. Because if anything, if you look at Doctor Malcolm in the original Jurassic Park, you could still say, "Yeah, that's still Jeff Goldblum." But that's Jeff Goldblum back during that time. That was him in that moment. That's how he was. Yeah. So right. Hmm. Yeah. Because if you go back to the Fly, he's the same. He's the same in the Fly as he is Doctor Malcolm. 
You're right. Okay. I got to watch, yeah. watch the fly again. I feel like we need oh, to, for the next podcast, thing. like you, like for the next podcast, you recommend a movie I should watch that I haven't watched. And then you okay. can start watching the Marvel movies. Like you'll start with Iron Man, <laughs> even the incredible oh my God. Edward Norton. I don't have the, there's not enough time. I just not enough time. I can give you, I can give you one movie. You got to watch Caddyshack period. Now you're going to give okay. me, you're going to give me Marvel series. I've, I don't have that kind of time, man. <laughs> one at a time. Baby steps. Dude. Baby steps. Are we going to be done <laughs> next year with this series? The Steve Rizzo, Stephen <laughs> Brogan Cortez, Marvel Mayhem series? No. This might be uh, like a 10-year development deal for you. Okay? <laughs> okay. What's the first Marvel movie? Is it, is it Iron Man? What was the first one? Iron Man? You could say Iron Man, but then let me see. Hold up. Because then there is the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. That's technically canon. I think I might have seen Iron Man because I love I love Robert Downey Jr. Let me see that opening that opening scene when he just when he demonstrates that explosive. Oh yeah! Oh, it's oh. just money. Oh. It's it's absolute money. Yeah. But the, so the first one, first do, 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 do. yeah, it's Iron Man first, and then the Incredible Hulk. Okay. And then that, there's a All whole right. story with the, the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. It should have been Edward Norton, but then he was See, Edward Norton. Here's the thing. Giving you, I'm giving you movies that stand alone. You're giving me movies that, that have like 14 backstories to everybody and <laughs> 70, 77 different characters. And What a fun dynamic this is going to be, right? This is a fun <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Until next time. Until, until yeah. the next time. And. Everybody, you made it to the end of the episode, the outro. You're back. Hmm. We meet again. Welcome back to the outro. You're here because you want more information on Steve Rizzo. I know you. You're also excited about Clerks 3 like I am. Oh, man. The fact that he got to hang out with Kevin Smith. What I would do to just like be able to light one up with the dude and just talk. You know, just talk about anything. I don't even know what. We don't even have to have to talk. It was a puncher that said, let's just... Let's just spend time together quietly and, and learn more about each other. Dude, Kevin. But I got to do that with Steve Rizzo today. And if you want to know more about Steve Rizzo, go check out his Instagram, the official Steve Rizzo. And you can find his website, thestevrizzo.org. Oh, it's a website. Look at you, Steve. If you want access to all these, all, all, the, all these goodies that is Steve Rizzo, check out uh, the links below in the description. Everything's there. It's always there. I got you. As well as my links, you know, those Stephen Brogan Cortez links, those SBC links. Hope that sounded like a naughty anagram. Well, whatever. Go check out those SBC links down in the description below. Oh, and don't forget, you're enough. You're more than enough. It's crazy how enough you are. Okay, bye.